Drum roll, please. Bang. And welcome to Monday, December 13th. You are tuned into the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Boys, talk to me about the weekend. Well, first of all, we have to just alert everybody. I mean, we'll say it again at the end of this show, but this is the last week of the Noodleberg Daily Huddle for 2021. We will be signing off. Um, the 17th will be our last show till January 3rd when we come back roaring, full of energy, rejuvenated, self-care, uh, self, uh, self-help, all of that kind of stuff, taking care of ourselves over that time. But uh, we're going to give it everything we got this week. That's for sure. The weekend was phenomenal, though. I mean, we, we kicked off the weekend with a great event on Friday. Absolutely just a a rock star session of people and conversations and topics. It was a really great time. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who joined us on Friday for our women's leadership summit, which I believe is going to be an event that we're going to do again. Yeah. So these are women that are currently clients, C-level executives who, uh, we just have this common thread that we decided it might be cool to put them together, you know, for a holiday celebration, a female celebration, a Noodleberg celebration. And boy, what a day it was. Uh, we had um, everybody had to stand up and give their superpower, which was a really cool way to have people introduce themselves. And then uh, Ms. Salarillo laid down the, the goods. She did an amazing job. It was cool to see the way everybody in the room related to her story or empathize with her story and the way she moved people around the room. And uh, everybody hung out, you know, not everybody hung out, but people hung out for a while after a couple hours after the event ended and uh, just continued the conversation and just really good, really good people connecting. It was very good people connecting and uh, feedback on social media was great. Leave it to the Noodlebergs to put a room full of women together. Um, but it was we were proud. It was great. It was fun. You didn't stop this weekend. You just went and went. And went. <laughs> oh my God, I'm like, Jesus, the stories. I'm like, what are you making me <laughs> So Friday was fantastic. That started it off. And then Saturday, uh, busy day. We, you know, normal Saturday, went and worked out, did all that kind of stuff. And then headed down to Key Biscayne for a, uh, a night down there that was really fantastic. A bunch of local organizations came together and put on a concert. And there was a high school band there that was like the School of Rock. They were absolutely crushing it. Had a great time watching them. Had dinner down in Key Biscayne. And then yesterday headed back up to Boca and uh, stopped in on some of our friends to check in on them and also spent uh, a wonderful afternoon with the Burman, the Bermans and the, and the Gamigs for uh, for just some fellowship. Hadn't, you know, Gabby's, both of them are Gabby's sorority sisters, so hadn't seen them or talked to them in a long time. And uh, it was just really good stuff. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, shout out to Howie Crab, my man. We finally got together. Um, it's so hard. The year goes by so fast. Speaking of which, um, it's the 347th day of the year. Imagine that. 12 days till Christmas, um, 18 days till New Year, and then 56 days until Super Bowl. 56 it, uh, it, in L.A., man. That ought to be a doozy. Um, the halftime show is Snoop. 
Um, and the NFL really taking chances. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, Snoop's, Snoop's going pretty commercial. Like, he's doing, you know, he's doing all the Corona commercials. Like, I feel like he's a relatively safe bet for the for the show. But, uh, yeah, a lot of great football stuff happened this weekend, too. The Heisman oh. Trophy was handed out to none other than Bryce Young, the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. No surprise there. So if you laid down three thousand, you got a hundred. <laughs> you got your hundred back. <laughs> you got your hundred back now. Crazy, crazy. Um, the number seven hundred has some meaning today because Mister Brady did it again. Throws the ball and somebody takes it to the house for his seventh seven hundredth touchdown pass. Pretty insane. And just you just don't want to put that guy in that position because he wins all the time. He's a winner. He's a winner and he gets everybody else around him to be a winner. I think that's the real thing. Like not everybody has the ability to do that. Like Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback, a championship quarterback, but Russell doesn't necessarily have the ability to get everybody around him to win the way that Tom does and uh, just continues to be successful. So you see the Belichick Brady Saban world just continue to find success weekend after weekend. I agree. Well, it's time for some wake up music. I got a great show for you today. Um, we're going to be talking movies. We're going to be talking 13. I got the power 13 coming from our man, Ben Franklin. So stick around. There's lots of good stuff. Let's wake up. Shout out to Andrea Sakonikis, who was there and showed up strong. Thank you for your support. Love, love the work that we're doing together. So today, one of my favorite actors, it's his birthday, Steve Bushimi. Um, and we talk about this all the time. Show me the book, Shay, um, if you would. The big picture, essential business lessons you can learn from movies. So you guys know that Mark and Jake and I are just completely focused on what you can take away from movies. We talk about it all the time. You know, you did it last week, um, which was fantastic with Scarface. With Scarface. <laughs> you, just, you just listen and learn. Um, well, Steve Buscemi's done a ton of stuff. One of my favorite scenes is in the movie Reservoir Dogs, and it's going to bring up a topic that is very relevant for us to talk about right here in the huddle right now. Let me just get this straight. You don't ever tip, huh? I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, I mean, I'll tip if somebody really deserves a tip. If they really put forth the effort, I'll give them something extra. But, I mean, it's tipping automatically. Uh, it's for the birds. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're just doing their job. Hey, this girl was nice. She was okay. I mean, she wasn't anything special. I ordered coffee, right? Now, we've been here a long fucking time. She's only filled my cup three times. I mean, when I order coffee, I want it filled six times. Six times? Well, you know, what if she's too fucking busy? Words too fucking busy shouldn't be in a waitress's vocabulary. Excuse me, Mr. Pink, but the last fucking thing you need is another cup of coffee. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I mean, these ladies aren't starving to death. 
They make minimum wage. I know, I used to work minimum wage, and when I did, I wasn't lucky enough to have a job the society deemed tip-worthy. You don't care they'd count on your tips to live? You know what this is? It's the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. These people bust their ass. This is a hard job. So I was working at McDonald's, but you don't feel the need to tip them, do you? Well, why not? They're serving you food. But no, society says, don't tip these guys over here, but tip these guys over here. So, what, what a round table. You know, that's, that's a real movie when you're moving around and darting, but it brings up the conversation about tipping. And, you know, one of the uh, industries that got absolutely obliterated by the pandemic was hospitality. You know, so they're having a hard time finding people. You know, the people that are there are overworked, everybody, you know. So um, leave it to Marcus Lemonis. Marcus Lemonis is going around the, the country right now with the great tip-off saying we should be giving these people extra money. That little bit changes their lives so much. So I ask you, Mr. Holt, so did you see what he did here locally? Yeah. Go. So he, do he donated $10 million to Christopher Columbus High School, which is his alma mater, the school that he went to. And also on top of that $10 million donation to the school, he gave an $18,000 tip to every single one of the employees. Yep. Every single one of the employees within the school gets an $18,000 tip. So he's going around the country. You can Google his show and he's filming like, I'm going to give everybody in the back room a thousand bucks. And you see these people just completely melt. So, you know, I have always had a tipping philosophy because it's how I was brought up. My grandfather used to walk in, if you remember Goodfellas, he was, yeah. you know, we called <laughs> it <laughs> he walked in with a pocket full of 20s. Everybody got taken care of. So I grew up in that mentality. I over tip, you know, now 20% is no longer over tipping. You know, went to Standard. Twin Peaks yesterday to watch the game and have some beers and fun. Boom. The girl is a lacrosse. She's a student at Kaiser playing lacrosse, working. I admired the story 25%. But the reason why I bring it up is if you don't have a tipping philosophy, or a strategy, get one. Shay and I do it every year at the end of the year. Anybody who is in my path that does service for me, they're getting a gift card from me. Um, and I've done it for a long time. The people in the building here love it. Um, so I just want to bring anybody, it up. right? Like it is earned. Oh, it is earned. But right. so it's interesting. So the word tips, which I've talked about here um, before, is to ensure prompt service. So I tip these guys ahead of time. You know, I did when I moved in, I tip them regularly. Anytime somebody delivers a package to my door, they get tipped. Hence, Hey, could you guys do me a favor? Boom. They're already at the door, you know? So I ensure that. And then for the holidays, I'm ensuring that next year I get them. They're there. They're always there for me. And you never know when you need. And so the point from that conversation is everybody who's providing service to you deserves a tip. You know, uh, Dee, you know, said she's used to be a waitress. Not only waitresses, it's everybody that's in your path. If they're working for you, if, if they're, they're serving you, it deserves a tip. Right. And that to me is like, that's where it's like, if people go like, and I saw I'm opposite of him almost where it's like, if they're just doing their job, 
they deserve a tip. And if they're going above and beyond, then they deserve more of a tip. But then how do you feel about when you get bad service? Is it less of a tip? Is it no tip? Is it like, what? what's your philosophy? How do you punish? Because I'm, I'm a reward system guy, yeah. right? Like, I believe in, in consequences and rewards. So for me, rewards are the extra tip. Is the consequent less of a tip, no tip? What's the proper etiquette, do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm a case-by-case case kind of thing. More than likely, I will never leave zero because right. that's just not right. It's not in my nature. But I think a small tip shows you, hey, dude, you got room to grow. You could add something big. I mean, I, I'll give this out because I think it's worthy. We ate in a restaurant in Lauderdale, and I'm going to mention the name called Eat Tapas. We've been there before. They were super busy. They didn't really have their act together, but the manager was great. He came over, took care of us. We went again on Saturday night. I gave my credit card. Howie gave his credit card to go get it done. It comes back. There's only one credit card. I look at the waitress and I go, where's my credit card? <laughs> what credit card? I go, what are you talking about, man? I gave you the credit card. Oh, I, I don't know. She looks around. The manager comes back and basically questions whether I put my credit card out there. Wow. I said, you are a complete asshole. Just wow. you handled this completely wrong because the bus boy looked around and the waitress dropped my thing. Dude, right. here's my credit card. And guess what? I will never be back. <laughs> <laughs> Noodlebergs are out on any tops. I hadn't been there. I was going to oh. go there because you had said it was good. We're out on them now. They didn't never have going there. They didn't have their acting. Okay, uh, moving on. So tip everybody around you. Take the money, invest in the people around you. It always works. Unless they lose your credit card. <laughs> right. <laughs> I already tipped, though. I, I, we had how he paid, and I said, look, right. I'll take the back. No problem. I always <laughs> it was an honest mistake. The manager handled it like a jackass. On this date in 1996, Jerry Maguire was released. Now, there are so, so many lessons, but here's three. Power of three. Give me show. in Arizona. I want my new contract. But I like you. Yes, I like you, Jerry. My wife likes you. You're good to my wife. I will stay with you. That's, that's great. I'm very happy. Are you listening? Yes. That's what I'm going to do for you. God bless you, Jerry. But this is what you're going to do for me. You listen? Jerry? Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me what can I do for you. It's a very personal, very important thing. Hell, it's a family model. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me, then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. Louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother. But you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. <laughs> It's so great, man. You know, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Show you the money. 
Uh, fantastic takeaway. What's your takeaway from that scene? You got to feel it. You got to When you say something, you got to believe it as deep in your core. You got to be able to say it with passion and have a firm belief in it. Bring the emotion. It works every time. Show me Dickie Fox. Dickie Fox, who said, the key to this business is personal relationships. Roll with the punches. Tomorrow's another day. Unless you love everybody, you can't sell anybody. I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Hey, I don't have all the answers. In life, to be honest, I've failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Yes, if, that, if that isn't a master class <laughs> in life, what is? I mean, that was 50 seconds of pure gold. If you don't have this, this doesn't matter. Doesn't Keep matter. trying to tell people, trying to sell to this doesn't matter. Sell to this, man. I love it. So, and then the last one, which is lots of great scenes. This one, I can't wait to get in my car after I see this scene. <laughs> So the best part about like the lesson there is you don't have to be held hostage by the radio anymore. Now you've yeah. got your Apple Music. You can dial up the actual song that you want to hear. So you just have to be prepared with whatever your celebration soundtrack is. So speaking of that, I cannot stop listening to Phil Collins. I am yeah, not- I know. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden every song is great. It's like it's just so uh, yeah, jump put so you good. right back in, which kudos to him again. Like that yeah. performance brought us right back, and he's got unbelievable amounts of music to listen to. True that, true that. So we'll flip things around, we'll do motivational music at the end as a takeaway. We got a couple minutes to kind of squeeze in. Um, Ben Franklin. Uh, ben Franklin came up with um, the 13 virtues, which was a path to personal perfection. Now think about this. The guy who invented bifocals, the odometer, the postal system was part of the constitution, did the lightning, the kite and the lightning, all Ben Franklin. None of his contributions to a, a, a humanity outshine simple method for self-improvement. So he defined 13 virtues and I want to stay here. Um, so he said there's 13 virtues that if he mastered would counteract his unwanted behavior. So he found it interesting to consider the fine line between virtue and vice. For example, frugality is a virtue, yet being stingy is a vice. <laughs> you know somebody who's Scrooge, you know, so that's very appropriate. Self-confidence is a virtue, but egotism 
is a vice. So he created this 13, and 13 was not random. And I love this about numbers. It was a nod to the original colonies. No, it wasn't that. Um, was it anything else to do with 13? No. He chose 13 because the number fits neatly into the most important part of success, the calendar. Multiply it by four, you get 52 number of the weeks in a year. And so he would do 13 virtues, one a week, work on it, and then do it again and do it again and do it again four times in a year to master the virtues. That is absolute quiet brilliance. So, well, And he, what he talks about is adopting and adapting. So like part of his process of mastering these things were adopting it, right? Taking it on. And then as you start to really ingrain it into who you are, you adapt it to make it fit how you work and, and how it fits your life or how that virtue fits into the way you operate, which I thought was brilliant. It's not just about doing it as a make it, you know, jam a square peg into a round hole. It's let me figure out how it fits me so that I can take it forever. So what's fascinating is he created this as in his word, which is could actually be my word for the year guidepost. You know, he kind of put the bumpers on here's 13. So first one temperance, eat not to dullness, drink not to elevation. That's why I don't drink in January. Silence. Speak not but what may benefit others or yourself. So there's a bunch of them here. We're basically out of town. I don't have time to do it. But this time of year is you hear this all the time. And we're not going to be doing a New Year's show or any of that. But it was like, it's going to be the new me. <laughs> oh, it's the new me. Guess what? Sorry. McFly, it's still you. You have control over what you do, what you think, what you eat, what you read. This is the time to get focused, get centered on all of these things. And you could Google lots of them. Everybody thinks they have a system. Pick one that works for you. You and I are very process-oriented. We'll be doing some stuff in early January for our clients about how to create those guideposts. But is there one that sticks out to you? Um, of the 13 that you want to close sincerity. the Sincerity. When I saw sincerity on there, because, you know, there was resolution, frugality, industry. When I saw sincerity, I was like, oh, yeah, be sincere. You know, you hear intentional, you hear present. Sincerity is a word that I think is an unbelievable virtue and figuring out how to apply that to the way you operate daily. God, I love that. For me, I'll close with tranquility. You know, tranquility is such a great word. Be not disturbed at trifles or at accidents common or unavoidable. This is what we talk about, control the controllables. When you get messed up about shit you can't control, it only hurts you. So what a great Monday. Um, we got a fired up week. We're going out strong. We'll be here every day this week through Friday. Then you'll see repeats of the highlight shows of the year. But we will close today with a song by a guy named Bruce Hornsby. This song was, let me get the details right. Um, it was the number one hit in 1986. So I'm just going to show you. These are the most expensive words in business. That's just the way it is. Bullshit. Take me home.